Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Brad. I'm Kevin. So in today's sermon, Pastor Danielle opens with an airport scene waiting at the baggage claim. And she's hearing a message about how any unattended baggage will be confiscated and wondering who who would leave their baggage unattended. And then she's looking at people rushing around and and seeing kind of how people have this like laser focus and aren't being very attentive to their surroundings. And it's like, oh, maybe that is possible. And she uses this scene as kind of a springboard to talk about where we focus our attention to talk about Sabbath and taking rest and taking time to take a step back from uh, the flurry of life. And from there, it goes, you know, across a bunch of different themes and uh, in a really, uh, I think, a, a sermon that was very much needed and, and hit home for me, at least. So to start off, either of you, what, what was something about today's sermon, a particular theme that, that stood out or resonated with you to get us started here? Uh, I mean, the first thing that came up uh, actually when we were doing the readings was I was like, I'm really bad at uh, following the Sabbath. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But then Pastor Danielle does go into like that it's a gift and not really an obligation that I have to check off being like, Sabbath, done. I resonated with the um, the idea of the attention economy, kind of how we're always asked to, uh, our attention is driven somewhere, whether it's social media or our cell phones and really not being present. And Sabbath is a way to uh, reground ourselves in the present moment as an act of mindfulness, but also um, one of recognizing one's own self-worth. Um, I thought that was very powerful and, and, and much needed, at least for me. <laughs> How much control do you guys think you have over where your attention is? Uh, that's a very dangerous question. Um, <laughs> this morning, I actually I did an iPhone update, um, and I looked at how much time I was spending on Facebook. Um, I guess I didn't look at the average, but I, I looked at what I w- had spent the previous day, and I spent like an hour and 15 minutes on Facebook yesterday. And that's just ridiculous on my phone to be thinking <laughs> that I'm staring down with my arched neck like some medieval monk, um, <laughs> you know, not transcribing something, but actually just looking, staring into the void and not being present digitally speaking, but not really being present and aware of um, kind of where I am in my body, what surrounds me. And uh, I guess in this cultural moment, kind of for a country, just, I guess, reminding myself that what is truly real and present and now is what surrounds me and not what's in cyberspace. So, yeah. Yeah. Always a needed reminder. I think, you know, it's, I, I feel this tension because, you know, the ability to connect, some of what Facebook provides, what the internet provides is a wonderful gift, you know, and it's allowed community and connection and, and all these new new ways but i've also heard it aptly described as like an addictive parasite <laughs> that, <laughs> that is designed to capture and hold your attention and take it away from wherever else it was and i asked that question you know how, how much control do you think you have over your attention because i was actually on the way to church this morning was reading a, a book I wasn't really reading it, but I have this app that like summarizes books for you. So I was reading the summary, <laughs> cheating, but, but I was talking about how 
our uh, subconscious and like all these all these things our our brain does that we don't really have as much control over as we would like to think and one one of them is att- our attention i think about how difficult it is to kind of decide to take sabbath time because i think a lot of times there are other things there are literally things trying pulling at our attention and trying to grab them mm-hmm. you know yeah, I've definitely tried to become more aware of when I'm actively using Facebook versus passively using Facebook. And so that's really helped in kind of diff- in getting the most out of Facebook, but not just mindlessly scrolling through it, which I still end up doing, but I'm starting to realize it sooner. Yeah, I will, just a quick anecdote, I will sometimes go on Facebook with like an, an explicit goal um, I manage the church's Facebook and so I'll go on like, cause I need to post a certain thing or find a certain thing or check on someone's post or whatever. And I will get on in like 10, 15 minutes later, be like somewhere completely different and be like, what did I go on here to do in the first place? Like, it's amazing between like the home feed or the notifications, how quickly it's just like completely takes me somewhere else. Yeah, it's nuts. It happens all the time. Even though, like, I'm aware it happens, and I tried not to let it happen, it'll it'll still grab me. It's kind of crazy. What else? What else about today's sermon was something that is worth is worth touching on? I I think maybe talking about uh, the distinction that Pastor Danielle made between um, kind of this uh, the image of God and us being kind of as something that. Um, promotes dignity and presence. Um, we were talking about attention, but attention requires one to be present in the moment. But juxtaposing that with kind of what she called the image of Pharaoh, um, that we tend to carry around these expectations of busyness or productiveness, which our uh, capitalistic society really pushes us toward, and that's how we see our intrinsic value. So what is real um, in that kind of dichotomy where in which we live our lives between these two poles? Is the more fundamental to us or, or to me when I think about it? Is it me inherently as I am, um, as a child of God? Or is it uh, how productive my boss sees me, that I save the company X amount of money or dollars per month? And that's hard because, you know, we're human and we mm. want affirmation as social beings. But yeah. uh, um, at the end of the day, uh, can you wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I do X, therefore I am X? You know, are you what you do, or are you just you? Um, and this is a broader existential question. It's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I struggled with this because I, I left academia and always saw myself as a professor. And for a long time, I, my self-worth was challenged by the fact that I never attained what I had set out to do. And now wow. that I'm working in another field, I say, well, I am just me, and I have these interests. And that was something that was very interesting for me to kind of realize on a personal level. Wow. Um, so just uh, dignity and self-worth are not inherently in what you do, but um, they're kind of folded into your essence, as it were, by God. How did you reach that realization? It took months, a lot of uh, prayer, screaming into the void, Facebook <laughs> scrolling. Um, but uh, I guess Sabbath in a way. Um, I took a year away from Facebook um, and that was oh, very wow. interesting. That was after the 2016 election. Again, going back to Facebook, just to say there's there's good and bad to it. I don't mean to bash it. I yeah, feel like I'm, yeah. the, I'm, I'm the devil here in this conversation Same. for the social media. 
I think it's you know unfair to just outrightly uh, demonize yeah the internet and phones, and but it's definitely a thing. But anyway, you were saying yeah yeah um, you're off. And I think cool. this, yeah, and it, it really helped me reconnect with who I am. And now that I've gotten back on it, I've really connected with people here in New York, um, which has been great. But I've also noticed that there are ways in which I've wasted my time. Um, and I don't mean to change the subject, but I did want to kind of go to Deanne. And um, one, one thing we were talking about was this idea, um, I guess we can tie it into uh, capitalism and our society that demands products um, and consumption with uh, your prosperity gospel. Yeah, I'm reading a book called Blessed, which is the history of the prosperity theology. And so it's kind of this vending machine God type of idea that you put in tithes and then God will then return money to you a hundredfold. And so then kind of that as very tied to their faith of that is how God shows love to people is through money and uh, through their health and through them being well. So literally, like, if I give more to my church, God is going to help me get that promotion at work and my salary 10 years from now is going to be higher because I supported my church. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah, and it goes between kind of the soft prosperity, they call it, which is just a general, like, God will increase your wealth versus a hard prosperity. Like if you give $10, God will return it $100. If you give $100, God will give you $1,000 type of thing. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. It's very common around, especially with like the televangelist type of message. Um, but it's that's so tied into capitalism and the idea that our worth is how much money we have and i feel like that theology can easily go the other way of oh this person has a lot of money that means they're very blessed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it's tiniest ideas of what capitalism thinks is good and tying that and saying oh that's also what god thinks is good hashtag blessed (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad that started going away yeah. It's, to me, it, it even also devalues God and who God is because then God's value becomes how much value, you know, God can create in your life. God's value is a money producer. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a transactional relationship, right? I guess it would be more um, that the prosperity gospel, the way I put it is I studied uh, Reformation theology in my graduate program. And if we're going to go back to Luther as, as Lutherans, um, it's, it's one less theology of grace and of faith and trust. And uh, it's a theology of works righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that not, These things don't make you only worthy before God, but God will reward you a hundredfold. Um, and, and not just with the sakes of salvation, but with material wealth. Um, I would say is one of the greatest heresies to to say, but um, that's just coming from somebody who's been surrounded by this, I guess, uh, and Southern Baptist kind of yeah. uh, culture in South Carolina. Yeah, it's just it's such a far cry from today's message, yeah. today's sermon of of Sabbath and yeah. not doing or or giving anything, but just just being, mm-hmm. maybe giving your presence. And attention, if anything. Yeah, and that's something Pastor Danielle mentioned. It's like, we aren't products. And so that's another kind of going in, back into like capitalist thinking is the idea that everything is a product, including people. 
including time. Yeah. I guess we're in church. Yeah, explicitly, I guess, aware of that in Manhattan. (laughs) Which ties back into attention culture and much of the internet economy now. Yes. How does Facebook make money? Because its users are its product to the advertisers. And, you know, any any kind of content or media or video online is competing for the attention of the consumer and the readers. Like, our, our attention has a dollar value because once you have your attention... You can plug a product or place an ad in front of it, and you know, and that's. It, we are very much treated like products in our world currently. Out, I, I think. No, um, I, I'd agree, and I would, I would add, uh, I, I guess, on a, a practical level of practical theology or how to apply this to our, our lives. And thinking about the sermon is, you know, should we take technology sabbaths? I know, I know people that take these, um, these sabbaths. Um, you know, not only Sundays, but. Um, uh, during Lent, time off off Facebook, and um, you know how does that both positively impacted your life and negatively impacted your connectivity versus your mental health? I don't know. These are interesting broader questions, but yeah. Well, I've never taken a technology Sabbath actually. Having having done one, yes. What what would you say? Would you recommend it? I would recommend it. Um, I, I did it for a year, and it was interesting because I wasn't, you know, living in the area where in South Carolina all my friends were really close, um, and so it was it was a nice restorative thing. But it's also negative because our our society and culture are so kind of interwoven now. It's like we're no longer just uh, we're not just verbal social beings. We're also technological ones that mm-hmm. are digital. Um, hmm. So. Uh, it's really hard to to meet people, especially in New York. Um, but I, I would say that it does allow you to, you know, stop fidgeting with your phone. Um, one thing I did for a while was, and for me, to, to get very personal, uh, I guess uh, Facebook scrolling mindlessly, not being positively aware, like uh, uh, we were talking about, is, is, is a way of distracting oneself from one's own problems or anxieties. Um, and mm-hmm. so putting away, maybe deleting the app on your phone and just having it on your computer, you know, is something that I've done before that was very helpful and, you know, allowed me to read more or to actually spend more time talking to my friends long distance over the phone, um, which was, which was really, which was really nice because in in some ways, you know, we represent the best of ourselves in these online forums and um, it's not really our true self. So Mm -hmm. are we presenting the expectations that we have so you know we are consumed the image we want to present to the world we are consumed by others in that sense or are um you know do we want to show our woundedness that god sees we're fallen creatures but we're redeemed um, and that's why we're loved by god holistically speaking so um when do you present yourself um truly as you are to the world i think being vulnerable is a is a big question um and you come to vulnerability in presence. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes if you're, if you're hustling, 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 you don't, you, you're, you don't have time to really have to contend with what you're doing, where you are, whatever happened in the past that's bothering you. And, you know, yeah, it, it's a, it's a form of like intentionally or subconsciously distracting yourself from really looking at something maybe that's hard to look at. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I've definitely done that. Of, uh, I'd notice like how much I listen to podcasts or not on my travel, because that's very much a distraction of like when I'm doing that, I'm not 
thinking. I'm not thinking about something that might have been bothering me or other things like that. And so taking the time to just kind of like pause or disconnect from that to just be within myself and think. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice to have someone else do some thinking for you. (laughs) Yes, this is very true. (laughs) Maybe our listeners, this is like podcast matrix right now this guy very meta y'all we're not saying we're not saying take your earbuds out and have sabbath like right now because you should finish the podcast because this is a product we're trying to sell you by the way (laughs) come to advent come to advent (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so it it, when we come full circle yes we have and uh you know and in in a way the podcast is something that you know we hope is helpful for people the way someone might say a product is, but I, I think there's there's a distinction. Hopefully. Oh yeah, that was a joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, cl- to clarify, I so I have a, I have a question that all of this is making me think about, which is the burning question. And I'll preface it with saying that you know, right after right after the service, I ran into someone else, and I was just like, "Oh, how are you?" And the, and I got a response that I've probably heard a bunch of times, and said myself, "It's like good, good, busy, but good." You know, you guys are nodding your heads because you <laughs> probably know that too. And and I think that like all, hearing hearing this sermon is all good and well. And I th- I think most people in the, in the Advent community would also be like, agree, like, wow, there's so many issues with a prosperity gospel in ha- that, you know, that doesn't s- express God's intention or make pe- healthy communities and be on board for a Sabbath mentality. And yet, I think we're really bad at actually doing it. Most most people, I am, and I would venture most people in this community and in, and in general, even people who are on board with the idea, find the application very very difficult. Practice what you preach, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in this particular instance, why is it so hard to put it into practice? Do you think? And how might we practically overcome that? It's kind of the. I guess for me, it's kind of an idea of expectations. It's like, what am I expecting of myself to do? Or like, am I expecting myself to be busy or to always be doing something? And so is that that expectation holding me back from being in Sabbath? Because I don't, because kind of, I'm agreeing with this capitalist idea of like everything I do, sh- all of my time should produce some value. Yeah. But yeah. not. Um, but learning to kind of find the value in rest and in the Sabbath. I think progress, like we're, we are infatuated with progress and like mm-hmm. it, it, it can feel like for me, every time in my block to my calendar needs to feel like it's progressing towards something. And the idea that I've spent a day like and haven't progressed on any of my goals sometimes like bothers me, worries me. I feel like I've air quotes for you listeners wasted it (laughs) and I'm trying to contend with the fact and the sermon is kind of pushing me along the journey of challenging that view and that a a day that it hasn't progressed towards something is wasted because maybe that maybe that is not the case and maybe it is enough to just wake up and experience and appreciate this wonderful world and give your attention to the people around you and not check any boxes at least for one day 
Yeah, and um, I guess we're, we're going to tie things together in a bow and talk about Sabbath. Um, I, I, Pastor Danielle talked about Sabbath uh, being about freedom and not about rules per se. And uh, this is something that seems counterintuitive because, you know, we, we look at the Pharisees and, and Mark's gospel today and they're they're doing due diligence. They're following the law. You know, they're they're saying, why are you doing these things that break our traditions, the traditions mm-hmm. of our forefathers, traditions of Moses? Um, but it, it's really... Jesus says the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. And so I find it um, very interesting that this is it's a gift to us from God, um, and yet we don't like to acknowledge that gift. It's, a, it's also a divine commandment. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, thou shalt have uh, take, take a day of rest. Or I, I was trying to think of the way I learned it growing up in confirmation, and it just didn't come out. So um, <laughs> it's all good. But so it's a commandment, but it's also a, a it's, it's a news of it's a good new, it's a word of good news. It's, it's also the gospel. Um, so we have this duality, which is really interesting to me today, where um, you know Sabbath isn't um, something something we're commanded and something we're given as a gift, um, which is a weird truth to kind of swallow because my parents always made it seem like you know. In their, in their loving way, you know, it's like, we go to church, that's what Sabbath means, but it's much more broad, right? It's it's also, yeah. we've talked about presence and anxiety and attention and our this, our society of commodification and uh, creating products, but it's, it's, it's also at its core really about, uh, I guess, doing and not doing at the same time, which is this, I don't know if that made any sense, but... Um, My mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> doing and not doing. Yeah, but I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, because um, the thing I wrote down around that is kind of obeying the letter of the law yes. or the spirit of the law. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. Letter or spirit, and which one should we do? The the spirit, because that's the the Pharisees were obeying the letter of the law. Yeah. Of like you you don't um, heal this person, you don't eat in that particular way. Versus the spirit of taking time to rest. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And ironically, Jesus is doing in this gospel reading, right? He's he's doing something. There's action. He's not resting. Um, he's healing. He's doing good. He's he asks Pharisees in the second half, um, is it is it is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath to save life or to kill? And Jesus gets angry. It, but it's it's just interesting, just because you know we've talked about Sabbath as rest, but. Um, it's also about intentionality, right? So even if we do something, creative work, it, intentionality is good. You, you may write, if, if it can be, you know, Mamby Pamby, talk about like, I'm going to journal today or um, I'm going to help somebody that I see. So Sabbath can also be, um, you know, a, a way to carry out God's work in the world. Mm-hmm. I agree. To me, it would be very Sabbath-like to say, I'm going to take a break from my goals to help someone else whether it's a friend of like asking what do you need help with i'm gonna help you today and like forget about my stuff or the stranger or whatever yeah and self-care is important yeah yeah and that's that's doing an action too like i'm gonna take care of myself or saying i'm gonna listen like those are all actions but they're different kinds of actions yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's what what fills your cup versus depletes it hmm one thing I would add that's interesting to me is that I think while, yes, the, these, these actions we've touched on that seem to be part of what taking a Sabbath mean, while they fill our own cup, I think 
I think they also can have that cup can overflow and be a gift to others. For example, like I think I think of taking time to slow down and be you know present with the people around you and maybe have a conversation or or listen to someone's story. You know, I think that is a gift to us and that it gives us that like real face-to-face human connection yes. that we really really is a fuel for us and that we yearn you know need but also it you know listening is a gift to the person that you're listening to to me that those kinds of interactions that are such uh you know deeply rooted needed gifts for both people like those are the kinds of interactions that god calls us to mm-hmm. i would agree yeah and i definitely know as i've gone out of university and working and all that kind of stuff it's having those friendships that you can really kind of talk to the people and like share your life with them without being very just positive for like kind of your Facebook life, but kind of your whole expanse with each other that gives a kind of community that you, that you don't get other places. Yeah. And I guess that question that we're always asked, are you, how are you doing? People go, huh, huh, I'm I'm doing fine. Yeah. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. good. It's just busy. But instead of answering that question, you know, as a truly, um, I guess being truly vulnerable or just open to who you are, that word vulnerable, woundable, but, um, just being open to where you're at in the present moment, you know, whether that's good, bad, ugly, um, you know, what you want it to be, your own expectations or, um, uh, you know, and meet and maybe deconstructing or meeting the expectations of others. I don't know, but yeah. um, just being somehow um, in conversation allows a space for kind of those thoughts to develop. Totally. Instead of giving the quick response, like yes, actually take a pause for the uh, that allows give space for the real stuff to come out. Yeah, for you to actually sit with that person, and be where you are. I've been tra- specifically have been trying to do that more on Sundays here at church to not do the quick walk by. Hey, how are you? You know, but like I, and, and I start by planting my feet. Like if I'm walking somewhere to me, the first step is like talking, uh, stopping, like looking at the person and making clear to them that like, if you're down, that I'm down to like stay here for a second and be with you. And I've actually been doing that like the last couple of weeks and have had some great conversations because of it. That's cool. I mean, isn't it's it's really hard in New York too, right? Because we're all moving at a fast pace. But <laughs> yeah, everyone's but, like in motion. But it's also we're surrounded by people all the time. So there's that weird. If I'm, I'm an introvert, so I mean, you may not be able to tell on the podcast, but um, not you at know, all. I have to recharge my batteries. Cool. So at the end of the day, you know, working in Midtown, you know, being on the subway at five o'clock, that's exhausting, you know. Yeah. But yeah. And people asking you how you're doing, you know, you just go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's, it's great. But like, you know, if you answer honestly, you know, where are you at? And, you know, in communities of faith, you can, if, you know, answer those questions honestly, if people honestly ask those questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that also takes when you're responding to that, some amount of vulnerability, like, do I want to share this like negative thing that happened? Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back to uh, a couple months ago about like a third to half of my organization got laid off. Oh, that's um, and so then I can't, I was, it was like a um, church thing that had after work like the next day. So I came in, Pastor Danielle was like, oh, how are you? Um, and I was like, oh, good, fine. 
and but then she like uh she was doing something and then came back and was like no actually how are you like i'm here i'm present i want to see you and how you're feeling now just not just Mm. the quick answer yeah not just the greeting yeah version yeah that's cool Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to uh, change the subject too much, but I mean, the question um, that we, you know, we ask each other is, how are you doing? But I read an article recently on the internet haha, um, <laughs> about how Americans in general, we ask the question of each other, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of a conversation starter, whereas somewhere like France, it's extremely insulting because they have such a, a stronger idea of egalité, of, of equality amongst citizenships, where um, although we don't have a class system, we really, we think, you know, we just think about what people do. That's kind of just a conversation starter. Um, it's, it's, an e- it's the great equalizer for us here in America. You know, we believe in the American dream. It's kind of upward mobility. Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, I ask my question is we say people ask, how are you doing? Or if you go on a date or if you just say people say, what do you do? Um, and, you know, some sometimes people may not be proud of answering the question. Yeah. Um, you know, they may not be happy with what they do. And is is that really where their worth lies? Um, and is that is that the eye of the beholder? Uh, is that where the the, 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 the value lies? And that, I mean, maybe not a Sabbath question per se, but yeah. an everyday question. But um one that I think a lot about, you know, when people ask me, I was like, I see what I do. And people are like, oh, what is that? Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you're not really cutting deep to the questions that we talk about when we have the conversations uh, here at church or um, like Pastor Danielle and, and use conversation of how are you doing? It cuts much deeper than, you know, what are your, you know, what are you doing to make money so you can survive? <laughs> Whether or not you're passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and human dignity is tied into that question as well. Um, we're kind of roundabout way. It is interesting that that is our f- go-to first question for how to get to know who someone is. We need some alternatives. <laughs> how Let's are you, child of God? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see Christ in your life? Probably not the best way to say say something to say something on the subway. You know, <laughs> might creep him out a little bit. Right, but. right. I'm trying to think of alternative questions. What is your favorite color? Like, <laughs> it's starting really rough. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna think on that more some some alternatives maybe we'll share them at some point i've heard an alternative as um what are you passionate about that's a good one it's it's so strange though because like i think the what do you do has become so you know it's part of this like accepted social script Mm -hmm. that there's something about coming out with that out of the gate that feels like awkward to me yeah definitely it's like and i think that's just because it's a variation to the accepted script that everyone plays out yeah and Mm -hmm. it's a question too of i guess vulnerability and intimacy um do you really want to be that intimate with people that you just kind of have a you know a very just everyday interaction with passing interaction yes yeah passive is a good word um and i don't know but i mean passionate passion is a good way but uh you know do you really the question that i ask is is the partially cynical part of me is does that person really give a damn (laughs) you know about what i'm passionate about or you know but the merit isn't asking the question right so that person should be sincere yeah Mm -hmm. i think the way we listen can show yes this is true if we care you know that and that's part of the not being not feeling or being too busy or too rushed yeah because then your interactions with people can uh feel more authentic yeah yeah 
and I definitely do that kind of like further probing to kind of show that I'm listening. So I'll ask questions that kind of piggyback on what somebody just said. Yeah, that's that's important. Mm -hmm. I want to say that I think taking Sabbath time and refilling your cup will and will actually strengthen your relationships and. And, you know, those relationships could lead to progress in other areas of your life. You know, it makes you more, being a good listener makes you more liked. Yeah. Ten, typically, studies will show, and you know, things like that. But then when I try and like, when I say that, then I feel like I'm circling back to like a uh, a more, uh, whatchamacallit, a uh, prosperity gospel or like, oh, but if you do this, it'll benefit you, you know? And I, and I don't want to, it to come off that way, but I do think there's something enriching about all of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've been, I, there's this quote that's been resonating in my mind for a few minutes. Um, but Augustine, St. Augustine of Hippo um, says that um, our hearts are restless, so God until they rest in thee or rest in you. Um, and it's interesting, you know, we can find God in manifold places, but mm. um uh, our hearts are restless until we're present somehow in this with God. Um, and I, that just kind of just came out of nowhere, but it was, uh, I like that a lot though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the Augustine's confessions. Um, I don't know if he's quoting the Psalms there or not, <laughs> but, uh, um, he also says, uh, make me chaste, but not yet at another place. But, um, I, I really like that, that quote, um, uh, my heart is restless, um, until it rests in you, O oh God. I like that too. Yeah. Or it, our hearts. Yeah. It made me think of um, in the book I'm reading about prosperity gospel, it uh, it starts a lot in the 1950s, with which the author calls the age of anxiety, which mm. we now looking back see like the 1950s as such an idealized yeah. version. But even then, people were still anxious about like, what does this new world mean? Do I have enough? And I feel like that's such a, a constant through human history, no matter how much we have or how secure we have, we're still anxious about it. Yeah. I definitely am. But that's why I need Sabbath so much. How will you take Sabbath time or be more present with God and people? I don't know. What's your, what's your guys, what will you do differently with this in mind? I think I'll, um, I'll try this harder. I've tried it uh, multiple times is to be try mindfulness practice on the subway, um, which is the least the place where you want to be least mindful, right? Because um, we're in a basically sardines in a can traveling underground really mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting kind of you see the breadth of humanity. If you pay attention, um, you see kindness for people um, giving up their seats um, to a pregnant woman or an older woman or a child or older person. Um, but you also see, um, you know, pain and suffering, people asking for money, you're able to give, you're not, but also you can sit with your thoughts if no one's talking or you're not distracted. But also for me, I guess my intentional practice to sum it up is to, um, maybe not listen to music or my podcast at five o'clock. Um, I do it in the morning cause that's how I wake up and I'm not yeah. willing to give that up, but maybe it, during yeah. my five o'clock commute home when I'm might be slightly more elevated in my irritability because I'm ready to get home and the subway is not working and the MTA is annoying. Um, just kind of sitting with that and maybe thinking of my commute as a time of Sabbath, uh, which is something that, you know, I'm not want to do. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, in New York, um, even though the subway is a major blessing and I like getting where I want to fast um, and not having a car, that would be a headache. Um, but using the commute um, as a time of intentionality and of Sabbath, maybe this week. Um, what a cool reframing. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I can't promise I will practice what I preach, but I'm going to try, and that is therein lies the virtue. Let me know how that goes. I will. Yeah, I think that could be cool. Yeah, because I was definitely thinking throughout this sermon that I want to try to include more Sabbath practice in just every day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still trying to figure out like where to find that time or where to put it in. And the train might be a good good option. I'm going to cheat. I have two things. Two's fine. Okay. Thanks, Kath. So one, I, I'm going to try and take take my to-do list or whatever and, and simplify it. I think there's a lot of value in taking time to choose priorities, you know, and what really has the the most value and kind of let the rest fall away a little bit. So I'm going to take some time to, you know, and to pray and really think about like what's most important to try and kind of reduce the, the amount of the, all the things, you know, kind of allow for more Sabbath time. Uh, and then two, I'm going to make some time to yet yeah, where I have no product to show for it or progress or anything and to block out the time and be okay with it. And then lastly, just be more intentional about listening and not rushing by people, but continuing. I mean, I've already started in the practice of, of planting my feet and looking people in the eye and, and showing them that I'm, that I'm willing to listen and really doing it. Yeah. So that was three things. <laughs> it's okay. Threes are good in Christianity. They right? are. Three and one. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I would just add a plug. We do we do have a Facebook group for this podcast where you, the listener, can respond. Um, so maybe if you could think of a way that that you could find or practice Sabbath this week and moving forward in your life, uh, I encourage you to share that in the Facebook group, your own ideas. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.